Welcome to Living on Purpose Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Wilson. On this episode, Patrice Lindo, executive coach and entrepreneur, and also my friend from high school, shared her expertise on how to stand out in today's market, attract the right business opportunities, and much more. Coming up next on Living on Purpose. Tell me about the career nomad. Um, I started Career Nomad officially last January. Um, it's been a, a wish, I guess you would call it, or a goal of mine for some time. And I've been doing, you know, the, the activities, if you call it Career Nomad, for years, years and years. But it just never took shape until um, this past January where I just decided, you know what, I'm going to go all in and, you know, start to, you know, create some brand awareness, let people know, you know, what I'm doing and make it official as opposed to just, you know, hey, girl, I have a, a job interview coming up. Can you help me pull my resume together or what should I do to, you know, prepare for my interview and that sort of thing. So, so far, so good. It's growing. It's growing. It's growing. I've had over 50 clients. I have the master class. I'm beginning talks uh, to build out my speaking practice. It's coming together. It's growing. It's growing steady. How does someone go about hiring you as the coach? So it's a mix, right? It depends on what it is or where they are in their path. And there's two kind of avenues to sort of work with me. So for on the client side, um, the corporate side, I should say, I offer leadership development training um, and basically creating a space for consulting with the employees within an organization. So they're my consumer, but not necessarily who hires me. So if you think of your mid-career professional that they're grooming to, you know, either be promoted or to start a new line of work, you know, that sort of thing, the support behind that. And this was all pre-pandemic. So especially since the pandemic, you know, with their needing to be um, a way to best serve the entire employee, not just, you know, get my widgets through the door, just do your work. Um, the support is giving an outlet and a space for um, t my target audience is women of color to be able to grow from their mid-career, you know, levels to the next level, whatever that looks like. So being able to kind of tap into their magic and, um, you know, creatively be who they need to be to show up professionally. So that's one side. The other side is the individuals that I work with is being able to uncover their professional gifts. So how can they succinctly state what it is that they're able to do, why they're here, and the value that they add to corporations so that when they are looking for, you know, new potential opportunities when it comes to work, that they can share, you know, their, their precise value that they add, making their message super clear, um, understanding their um, audience in addition to framing that up so that they are definitely, it's clear to the person that's interviewing them what value they bring to the table. And Patrice, why did you decide to become a coach? Because I didn't have it. <laughs> I was going through <laughs> my own Yep, it was, you know, that they say necessity is the mother of invention. I did not have it. And while it may have existed, I knew that there was a segment of the market that, you know, was definitely goal-oriented but didn't necessarily know where or who to go to. Um, and it was important to me to um, – kind of reach back, you know, to teach the things that I had learned along the way uh, through trial and error so that others could do it as well. So um, when I started in teaching many moons ago, um, I did enjoy it, but I knew that while the skill of teaching was something that I enjoyed, 
I felt like the curriculum wasn't landing. I also felt like teaching students, as in kids, was not my, my ministry. <laughs> that was a whole other situation, but I loved teaching. So being able to go through that refining process of that, that um, defining my target audience, in addition to the type of content I wanted to share, was how I'd gotten into consulting, where I learned a lot about stakeholder management, um, how to assess training needs, how to assess the impact that you know whatever the change was was going to cause and how to help people navigate through that change successfully because that was what i had done and so as i honed that being in consulting i realized that as i continued to grow in my position there weren't a lot of resources that that looked like me that i could ask those candid questions of you know well how do i do xyz because if you wanted to be promoted it was not always just as simple as um, filling out another application or trying to get an internal promotion, that there were a lot of um, other factors seen and unseen that you didn't necessarily know about. So there's, you know, the social proof, meaning the people that you're connected to, you know, the social capital, so to speak, of who you're connected to and people being able to speak your name in rooms that you're, you weren't in, being able to clearly um, and succinctly deliver, you know, your message about what makes you uniquely qualified for a particular uh, job opportunity or promotion, in addition to confidently stating what your capacity was for taking on new responsibilities. And I did not know how to do that other than, you know, taking a list of, you know, job requirements and saying, well, yes, I can do these things and being able to translate that into results so that the people that I was interviewing it with were less with a compelling reason to hire me or allow me to be promoted. Do you only work with executives or do you work with entrepreneurs as well? I work with both, actually. That's a great question. So it's really for, at this point, for people that are in the middle of a transition, whether it's trying to get promoted or start their own business, and sometimes it's a combination. So I basically work with what I call, the, the affectionate name that I call them is corporate warriors that are planning their journey, um, whether it's to that next role or starting their own business. And by that, I mean, how do we identify their key transferable skills that could be used in either lane? How do we set them up for success so that their personal brand, you know, stands out over their competitors, and that's whether it's someone else applying for your job or a new line of business that you're starting out. So how do I, I teach them how to repackage what they've done to meet the needs of their market. So that absolutely applies to entrepreneurs and corporate warriors. Due to the pandemic, a lot of entrepreneurs have had to close down their locations. Um, in dealing with a client with this circumstance, what advice do you give them? Of course, you have the responsibility of having, in this case, a brick and mortar um, that you're trying to keep alive. But it's not just about the brick and mortar. It's the actual value, again, that you deliver to your audience. So being able to stand in a place of, you know what, let's quickly assess the situation. Let's align to what the, the need, if you call it that, is. And as you say that, as I explain this to you, this brings back to the framework that I've created that's called Addy. It's really based on a, a learning principle, but I've adapted it to how I serve people. So Addy is based on number one, align, number two, dream, number three, decide, number four, innovate slash implement, and number five is emerge. 
So as you are thinking through the different hurdles or challenges that you may come through or go through, whether it's you're an entrepreneur or a corporate warrior, you are using those steps to be able to make the change or transform into what you're looking to do. So if they start by aligning with what their true value is, then they would basically dream or visualize what they want the future version of themselves to look like. So throughout the pandemic or as the pandemic started, their future version is somewhere along the lines of how to continue to serve people in their business capacity. So once they, they you know, dream of what that future needs to look like or what they'd like for it to look like, then they decide, you know, what are some key action steps that they could take to do that? And then next they would innovate. So what are the steps that it would take to make, you know, those things happen? And then emerge would be as you're beginning to, you know, implement those things, what are pieces that you can do to let people know? Is it in your messaging? Is it in the way that you show up, you know, on social media? Is it through offering, you know, some sort of um, training or goodwill, you know, into the community so that people not only know that you are still in business, but what you have to offer, and not just to, you know, quote unquote, sell your wares, but to build up their sense of knowledge, to build up their sense of confidence in you showing up in more than one way, and also demonstrating, right, how people can get through, you know, trying situations that don't have an end date, because with the pandemic, as we all know, you know, this has been an extended, if you call it, crisis that I don't think any of us have necessarily been through, at least from a global perspective. Um, and so that their strength, right, and pivoting. So if they understand their true purpose and tap into that, and they share that process with their potential or current clients, then that's a great way to build sustainability and trust, you know, within the communities that they're in. I know you're a strong believer in LinkedIn, and so am I. Uh, for someone who is heavily involved on Facebook and Instagram, why would they make a shift to LinkedIn? So I won't say make a shift, but in today's market, you have to show up where your customers are. So I think it's not as much of a shift as much as an inclusion, right? With your social media strategy, you'll have your LinkedIn crowd, so to speak. You'll have your Facebook crowd. You'll have your Twitter crowd. You'll have your Instagram crowd. And I just think those, because those tend to be the bigger ones. I'm sorry, I forgot another one. There's a newer one, um, TikTok, for example. So as you create your, your brand awareness strategy, you would want to think through each of those areas. I think, especially for entrepreneurs, LinkedIn is an untapped resource because people tend to consider LinkedIn as the place where people go to get jobs, not necessarily conduct business. However, with over 700,000 people on LinkedIn, you absolutely know that there are business owners that are on LinkedIn as well that are looking for uh, B2B type relationships. And so if you build out you know, your, your presence, your, your profile, and the, the information that you share, just like you would if you were looking for a job on LinkedIn, that's another avenue for people to get more exposure to your brand. So I do focus on LinkedIn, but it's very much a part of my own, um, you know, brand awareness strategy where I focus on LinkedIn, but I definitely build my presence on Facebook. I build it on um Twitter, and I also build it on Instagram. Um, LinkedIn is my hub, and of course you can choose a hub, but you do need to be exposed in different spaces so that you're reaching your key clients or potential clients. If you're just getting started with LinkedIn, what should you add to your profile to make it attractive? So 
think that there are five key things you want to keep in mind as you are building out or enhancing your LinkedIn profile. And this is a part of what I do with what I call um, my kind of um, urgent care, if you call it that, a quick way to kind of get your LinkedIn profile tuned up or started if you're just starting out. Number one, you want to create a first look. So by creating a first look, you want to make sure that you've used um, a banner that's eye-catching, a profile picture of some sort that's eye-catching, and because it would be a business or as an entrepreneur, you can definitely use your company brand, and if you're the face of the brand, then of course your image. You want to make sure that, number two, you optimize your LinkedIn profile for the keywords that people would use when they were searching for the service offerings that you had. So for example, for myself, um, those would be words like coaching, it would be um, job searching tips, it would be career development, those sort of things. You want to make sure that you use those words in the way that when people are searching for you that would put in these terms and you would come up on the short list. And when I say people, I'm pivoting from recruiters if you're looking for a job to maybe business owners that are looking for help with XYZ. The third thing that you want to do is make sure that in your about section, you tell people a compelling, clear story about who you are that is concise and it builds ideas that will resonate with people. So who have you been, right? What experience and expertise do you have and how can you best serve, you know, your audience, so to speak, people that are looking for you? So that's the third thing. The fourth thing that you want to make sure that you do is that in your, you know, job section or in the event of a, an entrepreneur, you know, the work that you've done, maybe there's uh, different service offerings that you would have that you'd have listed there, and you want to make sure people understand what that offering is and the results that it delivers, the transformation that it offers. So you'd want to list that out in the way that it's probably two to three bullets, but it's clear, concise, and people can definitely get to the meat of who you are in a very succinct, quick, you know, soundbite type way with a simple structure for them to understand and consume really quickly. The fifth thing that I would say that you need to offer is making sure that you have recommendations or endorsements. So for recommendations, that's people that have interacted with you and you want to make sure that by interaction, they can speak to the work that you've done. If you are transitioned or have transitioned from a, a corporate role um, and you now have your own business, I'm sure that there are transferable skills in between. So if you don't have that already, reach out to people that have worked with you recently um, to be able to speak to your, um, I'd say, work ethic, the excellence that you deliver, and the service that they experience as being a part of you. There may be people that haven't done business with you, but know who you are as a person, a business person, and can speak to your character. You want to be sure that you have a decent mix of those. You may ask, well, how many recommendations do you have? You need to have. So it's not so much the number of recommendations, but quality recommendations that people read that, and it really, you know, puts a stamp on your credibility and your area of excellence. So I would say it's less about the number and more about who you have and what they've said. So I'd say probably, especially just starting out, maybe two to three, um, that you can get to sort of bridge that gap. And then as you do work. Um, and you get more exposure, you can actually request people to make a recommendation of the work that you've done in the way that it's a, a type of testimonial. A bonus would be that in your endorsements, you want to make sure that you've chosen key skills. 
that you have. So maybe if you were, again, sticking with a coach, you know, um, designation or that type of business, a coaching business, you want to make sure you had um, key skills like public speaking, mm -hmm. um, maybe conflict resolution, leadership development, and you want to make sure that you pick those key skills. And then what LinkedIn does is that through their algorithm, they will reach out to your network of people that you're connected to to say, hey, you know, Patrice is, um, has listed leadership development as one of her key skills. Can you endorse her in that skill? And they ask about the, how you've worked together, how you know each other, and whether you think it's like from highly skilled to, you know, just entering the market, so to speak. And that's a great way to build your credibility and what they call the no like trust factor as either a new business or a new employee. What's your thought on reaching out to someone with a direct message? Now, this could be on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. If it's someone that know or you have somewhat of a relationship with, I would say probably reach out to them directly. And I would say, you know, be direct and to the point about what you're thinking. If it's someone that you don't know, I would definitely start with a warm sort of introduction. So if we start, whether it be, you know, LinkedIn or some sort of virtual environment, if you have points of connection between you uh, and the person that you're desiring to work with, I would definitely reach out to your connection first to let them know that, well, if they don't know already you're, you're starting a new venture or you, uh, you have this venture you'd like to build out, that you'd like for their that you'd like their support i should say in getting connected with the person or people you want to get connected with and if they'd mind introducing you as an additional step what i do is i tell them exactly what i'll be talking with the connection i'm asking to be connected to for and so just this week um i was speaking with a colleague of mine that i had worked worked with several years ago and um uh, he had reached out to say, you know, great job. I see what you're doing. Keep going, blah, blah, blah. And he offered, he said, if there's anyone that I would like for him to connect me with, you know, please let him know. And I, you know, Jason, one thing this, this company has taught me is trying to stay ready. So I had had a note of, um, as a part of my LinkedIn strategy that I wanted to use at some point to connect with future, you know, collaborators or potential partners as a speaker. Um, and so I had a list, I had about five names. I shared with him the names, the content I wanted to send, send them, and that I was hoping to partner with them, you know, as a speaker and deliver leadership development training. And so he did it. And so we'll see what happens. I just sent that to him just yesterday. So he oh, was, wow. a, he's my warm um, but it's definitely a very fruitful way to do it. But I do think that you want to make sure that you've entered the way, entered this in a way that people are not um, put off, you know, but they also can feel that you appreciate and value their time. So I think a warm introduction where you can, and if not, just build the relationship organically. And by that, I mean, you know, on LinkedIn, for example, they have different degrees of connection. So if you pick maybe your second degree connection, so there's someone in between you, you're making that path a bit smoother. And what I do is that on my um, secondary connections, I'll reach out to them and I'll say, you know, I see that we have, you know, connections in common and I'd love to add you to my professional network. And it's a simple, a simple, you know, email. It's probably what, three lines and, you know, have a good day. And what I do is every week I reach out to about 50 different 
business owners or professionals on LinkedIn using this. And to be honest, I have an acceptance rate of about 75 to 80%. Some people never wow. answer. I, I've only had one person say, no, thanks, in six months. It's direct, it's short, but it's also, you know, um, what's the word? It's it, impactful and effective because if people can look at your profile and see what you have to offer, then I think it doesn't feel as, as um, uncomfortable as why is this person reaching out to me? And as a second degree, they can also see who we're connected to. So we, there's, there's a thread of familiarity that is very strong. Hmm. And it's a number, right? Especially as business owners, it's a numbers game. So the more people that are out there, you know, seeing what it is that we have to offer and the great work that we're doing, the more that we increase the odds that we are exposed to our target audience who is basically looking at us, right? Because, you know, there are times that people will say, you know, well, I've started this new business, I'm on social media and nobody's saying anything. Well, that definitely does not mean that no one's looking, right? People are seeing the content that you're looking on, but at times they're the quiet bunch and that's the majority of people typically at least that that's the um, majority of or the biggest group of people that we have following us. There's a lot of quiet people that are basically, you know, collecting information. You know, they're seeing how you show up. They're seeing how you, you know, your energy that you convey, your level of confidence. People like to go on a journey. And so as you're establishing, you know, who you are and really cementing who you are, people can relate to, you know, what's the word? Thriving through a crisis, for example, or starting a business um, throughout, through a crisis and what that looks like. People appreciate the authenticity that comes behind that. So I feel like, especially because we are virtual, if you do it in a short but impactful way, people will tend to say, yes, number one, but number two, you get closer and closer to having that brand awareness that you need to make your business a success as a part of making your business a success. We haven't seen each other for what, 30 years since graduation and you still look great. What's the secret? Um, I will tell you this, Jason, you know, throughout life, so many things can happen, right? You know, whether physically, emotionally or otherwise. And I feel like the older I get, um, you get more intentional about what success looks like, okay? So when we graduated in 1990, I think that we all felt like we could go out there and conquer the world. You know, we were leaving our parents' homes. This world was this huge place. And we had, you know, nothing but optimism to go out and get it. And so I think as we grow, grew and grow up, because we continue to, it's an ongoing process, you know, different things will happen, good, bad, or indifferent, but you can choose the perspective that you want to have about them. I feel like when I was younger, I was less willing to accept, you know, the things I couldn't change. And one of the things that I know, especially this year, is that I really embraced not only the things I can't change, but the things that I can change. So I can change, you know, from the basic of what I allow to upset me, I can change how I eat. I fast at least one to two days a week, which really helps my mental clarity and ability to focus. Um, it also has prevented me from having like high blood pressure and diabetes, still working on the weight. My weight has always been a struggle, but I've also embraced that, that that's a part of who I am until it's not. And while I do the work, you know, on the inside, the things on the outside come together. So 
since the pandemic, I've actually lost 15 pounds. Now people have picked up weight, you know, but for me, that's what it feels like because it took me what 48 years. Don't tell my age. It took me 48 years. So why do I think that's going to happen, you know, in 30 minutes? You know what I mean? So just embracing the things that I can change. So I meditate daily. I journal all the time. Um, I, I make sure that I cement the relationships that are really meaningful to me. So I have three daughters. I'm very close to them, but I have a relationship that is based on attunement as opposed to enmeshment because they're all getting ready to go to college. I have one in college already that started at Clark last year and she made straight A's and she's, you know, if it wasn't for the pandemic, she'd be gone already, right? Because she wants to live on campus. And then my last two are graduating in May and they'll be gone to wherever they're going to school. So, you know, I my job is to make them the best humans that I can, but to be honest, most of that is already done, right? Because they're getting ready to leave and not that they can't ever go home, but the part of me establishing the foundation has been done and it's more about empowerment at this point. So really being there for them. And that's been a big part of who I am. My husband that I've been married to since 1996, you know, we've grown tremendously together. You know, the girl he married then is not the girl he is looking at today. And we have, I think, one of the most amazing relationships possible because we allow each other the space to grow into still who we are, right? Because we're still trying to define what that looks like. It's an evolution. And so, you know, just taking those things into mind in addition to giving yourself the grace that you need to grow and to be who you need to be in the world, that has really helped me to, you know, maintain a sense of excellence, to be open to transformation, but more importantly, being able to give to those people that need, because I know what I was looking for and I know how much I thought that, you know, once you get this job that pays six figures, that works, you know, that you're working for one of the, you know, best companies ever per society, that all of your needs will be met. And it's very much not that. There's still a level of um, self-actualization, you know, from Maslow's hierarchy that I know I'm stepping into. And it's not until you're actually in that level or in that space of your life that you really become the best of who you are. And for me, that's being a nurturer, that's being a teacher, that's being able to show up in a way that will help people that I will never even lay eyes on. But people can see that sense of whether it's spirituality or God or whatever you want to call it in me, that inspires them to do better. You know, where I'm basically living and learning and manifesting in the flow of life that I don't have control over, but I, I lean into because I know that in, in that uncertainty, that's where the beauty of life, you know, kind of lies. So that's what I use as a way to anchor myself and not let anybody bother me. <laughs> <laughs> And how do you balance your marriage and your business working from home? Some days really well and some days not so much. You know? <laughs> so, um, you know, well, let me take that back. You know, the truth of it is it's independent dependence, you know, that I use as a, a, um, a guiding principle in my relationships, um, especially with my husband. So by that, I mean, Prior to actually, for example, launching Career Nomad, you know, of course, I put my, my project management hat because I'm a consultant by day, right? You know, so I'm trying to map out what this looks like. And I sat with my husband um, and children afterwards, you know, to say, well, this is my idea um, for a business. This is how I'd like to serve people. And I need your commitment. So basically, I asked for what I wanted with a sense of expectancy 
um, because the right and perfect timing to do something is one thing, but the people around you are also impacted by the decisions that you make. So right. I really got their, um, I won't call it buy-in, but support, I'm going to call it, um, that I needed to show up you know, to do what I needed to do in the world, but I needed their support to do that. And so I asked for it, right? Because um, I don't know if it was like this for you growing up, but I know for me, like my parents never asked me much and I never saw them negotiate between each other. So I think it's important to, to, to out of a sense of respect for our relationship and our friendship, right? Because he's my best friend. Say to him, hey, you know, you know, I've been doing these things. I want to take this to the next level. I don't know what all the steps are, but I need your support, right? And after all these many years, he knows who I am as a person. I know who he is as a person. And so he was like, okay, but, you know, what, what does that look like? <laughs> and then he turned to me and he said to me, after I told him what I thought, at least at the framework, what that could look like, he goes, what could make it better? And that was so powerful to me because I turned to him and I said, I don't know all of that answer, but a part of that would be your support, hmm. the girl's support. And I don't know what that looks like. But just the fact that he wasn't like, oh, my God, you know, you can't do, you know, because we didn't go down that road. And he said, what can make it better? That gave me the mental and spiritual space to be like, okay, universe, I am ready. They're ready. Let's go. And so that really just, that was all that we needed. Now, does that mean, for, like, before I talk to you, I'm on the phone, I'm on the conference call, and he's yelling up, do you know where my shoes are? And I'm like, sir, are you serious? <laughs> you know, and so the reality is we, because of the relationship that we have, do we get annoyed with one another? Absolutely. Does it shake our foundation or framework? Absolutely not. Um, in August, I broke my ankle. Uh, it was a freak accident, but I broke my ankle in August and he and my, my daughters literally nursed me back to health. And I mean, I, I can't even explain it because I've never broken anything before, but, um, you know, nine screws and two plates later, I'm walking and that's a thousand percent, you know, due to the universe and my family. It has nothing to do with me. And that was the support that I was asking for that I didn't even know it because in the midst of building a business, in the midst of him working, in the midst of us, you know, raising a family, so to speak, and college applications and bills and all kinds of stuff, you know, he really just showed up a thousand percent for me. And so that's who I've been to him for all these years. So it felt amazing, you know, to see it in real life and to be supported. So that's how we balance it out, just being there for each other. There's one, one, one ending thought that I want to make sure I share um, mm -hmm. to you and the community, because, you know, sometimes people think that there's a definite path to success, right, that they have to follow. And if they don't miss, I mean, if they don't hit, excuse me, certain benchmarks that they won't get there. Consider this, an airplane spends 95% of its time being off course. And the pilot is the one that keeps recorrecting, keeps readjusting, keeps getting them from here, to wherever here is to where they're going. So just be as kind, extend as much grace as you can to yourself and to people that you come in contact with, because we're all pretty much off course trying to get on course. And that's comforting, at least it is for me, because, you know, we, I think, don't necessarily fall into the traditional path to success 
but we are definitely because we're on this side of the earth anyway this side of the grass experiencing experiencing success so take the time to really consider you know what's a win it could be small wins but maybe you know start like a weekly win you know maybe start you know a success journal and they could be from you know i opened my eyes this morning to i made connections on linkedin or I, I want a client, you know, but celebrate those wins because we're all off course. So enjoy that journey and know that your journey won't be like anyone else else's, but that doesn't make it any less of a success or valuable. I think that's so important because when the disappointment happens, it'll make you want to quit. But if you celebrate the small wins here and there, that'll keep you on track and keep you motivated. Absolutely. And take imperfect action, right? Because those imperfect actions add up, you know, and follow your nudges. It's called actually there's this, um, <laughs> there's this deck that I use um, to kind of motivate myself. And it's called best self. I don't know if you can see this, but it's called an impact deck. I don't know if you can see this It's called best self. And on it, there's little, you know, there are little reminders, you know, or tools that you can use to show up and step up, not just for yourself, but in the world. And so if you take the time to follow those nudges, if you take the time to be great, gracious to yourself, if you take the time to celebrate those small wins, when you look back, that's when you really see, you know, how far you've come from where you are to where you've been. Because from January until now, I, I didn't know last year at this time that you and I would be sitting here talking, for example. Right, right. You know, um, I didn't know a lot of things. And, and so I'm just grateful for that path. So that's something that I hope is encouraging, you know, to you and to your audience because you're doing great work. And I'm just honored that you had me with you today. Thank you so much for being on the show, Patrice. I enjoyed it. How can people find you? They can find me on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. I am on Twitter as well, but I'm not as heavily active on Twitter yet but it's at The Career Nomad. Um, you can find me on any of those platforms in addition to my name, Patrice Williams Lindo. So, um, you know, you can reach out, we can connect, um, we can talk if you have questions, especially as an entrepreneur, if you want to get some in, some in-depth, I should say, assessment of what you've created already, if you have or how to get started, I'd be happy to connect with you guys. Feel free to reach out to me on any of those platforms and we can set up time to get you started.